Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, Tampa Bay sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron, on this 4th of July weekend. Of course, we'll be talking about the Lightning the Rays, talk some Olympics, talk some Wimbledon, a little bit about the NBA and anything else sports related. The number here is 877-448-7901 or you can email the show at jimmybsports.com. We'll be right back to start the show on Power 90.1. There's a lot going on at the Landing Bar and Grill in Valrico. There's great food at the Landing featuring several signature Landing-only specialties like shareable appetizers, seafood, flatbread, salads, wings, pasta, pizza, burgers, gluten-free, keto-friendly, kid-friendly, dog-friendly, desserts, craft beer and cocktails, and a lot more. And if you're looking for entertainment, we've got it. National holidays, food events, live music, karaoke, cornhole, and live team trivia. Check out our full menu on Facebook or online at thelandingvalrico.com. Sports is back and we've got that too. The Landing Bar and Grill off Lithia Pinecrest in Valrico. The Landing Bar and Grill. Land as strangers, depart as friends. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back to the gymnasium, guys. It's Saturday morning, July 3rd. The Tampa Bay Lightning are one game away, 60 minutes from repeating as back-to-back Stanley Cup champions with their 6-3 victory last night at the Bell Center. What a great game. If you would have uh, told the Canadians that they would have scored three goals against against um, Vasilevsky going into the game, they would have probably been happy to hear that. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough because we scored six times. Tyler Johnson had two of those goals. John Ruda, Hedman, Kucherov, and Coleman all tripped in with a goal as the Lightning take a commanding 3-0 lead in the series. They'll play game four on Monday evening with a chance to wrap it up. And I'll tell you what, if you're watching the Lightning play right now, you're seeing why they're the best team on the planet. Um, The way that their defense is coming together, uh, the way that the moves that Cooper is making. He puts Johnson, Tyler Johnson, in the center position. Uh, He's been there 10 years now. I can't believe that Tyler Johnson has been on this team for 10 years. So the way the salary cap works and whatnot, we'll see what happens with the team uh, next year. There may be some changes, but it's always nice to see uh, Johnson do well. So the Lightning came out. uh, They knew that... Montreal was going to have to be very aggressive. And uh, we came out, we scored first again. So when we score first, we win the majority of the time, as most teams in the playoffs in the NHL do. So it was a great win for the Lightning. Cooper was very happy with the way the team played on both ends. Uh, Vasilevsky, another great game between the pipes. What can you say about him? Um, he's probably he is the best goaltender in the league in the country in the world right now. So between him, Hedman, uh, great game. Definitely one of the stars of the game, along with Tyler Johnson, like we mentioned, and um, Vasilevsky. Kucherov is Kucherov. The whole team. Uh, they could wrap it up Monday night, like I said. If they do, then we'll be. Um, repeating as champions. A good stat, a funny thing about um, 
Hedman, he's the first player to score a goal in 12 different calendar months. No one else has ever done that. So with the way that the schedule was rearranged and uh, with last year and whatnot, so that's a that's a fun stat to share with your friends. Anyway, number here, 877-448-7901. If you want to email the show, you can go to jimmybsports.com. Do it that way or go to sports at power901.com. If you're looking for um, another good tidbit of news, uh, we're going to have another parade down here, it looks like. And it would be interesting to see uh, yet another championship. The trivia question along those lines is who was the last hockey team to win back-to-back championships? It's now very hard to do in any sport, uh, but obviously it's, it's been done. So uh, that's the trivia question for next week. Name, you can email the answer or call it in. The um, question again is who is the NHL team that won back-to-back Stanley Cup championships the last time? What years was it? As we continue with the show, you listen to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. We'll be right back to keep the show going. Now, in-home or in-office do-it-yourself COVID-19 testing is available to you. And the results are 99% accurate. Save your time and be safe by avoiding the lines and crowds. You can test yourself and your family members at home. Test your employees at work, making sure your workplace is safe. Simply call Citation Bioscience at the number we're about to give you to order your COVID-19 testing kits. When they arrive, follow the simple instructions and send them back to us with our prepaid shipping. Results are ready the next day in 95% of the cases. And remember, they are 99% accurate and reimbursable by your insurance company. Save your time, stay safe, and avoid the crowds. Order your COVID-19 kits now by calling this number now. 800-433-8399. 800-433-8399. That's 800-433-8399. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. If it's the 4th of July weekend, it wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about some baseball. Uh, All-Star break is just about here, so we're halfway through the season. And I would love to hear your thoughts on how your team's doing so far. If it is the Rays, we're going to obviously break down their first half of the year, discuss the um, strengths and weaknesses, what they need to shore up a little bit for the second half to make the playoff stretch run. Uh, But for right now, we're going to look at the top 15 teams uh, the first half of the season. As you know, there are 30 teams in the league. The bottom 15 can pretty much start getting ready for next season, do what they have to do, look at the draft, maybe some free agency, off-season trading, whatever they need to do. But for right now, the top 15 teams, in my opinion, uh, at number 15 are the Washington Nationals. They have a record of 40 and 38 right now. They had a good week. Unfortunately, they... Um, did beat the Rays a couple times, which obviously didn't make me too happy. But, uh, you know, you had Kyle Schwarber on that team. That was um, his 16th home run in 18 games, which was tying Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds for the most home runs ever in an 18-game span. So he's really on fire right now with the stick. 
And I think that the Nationals will look forward to uh, having him continue in the month of July here. So I think that it's uh, no coincidence that the Nationals went 14-4 and over those 18 games that I just mentioned with the home runs. So they climbed over 500 for the first time uh, since they were 1-0 to start the season. So they're at the 15th spot. Number 14, I had the Bronx Bombers, the Yankees. Uh, record 41 and 39. Uh, they they kind of bounce back and forth. The uh, the panic alarms are starting to sound up there in Gotham City. Uh, the team dropped three games against their rival and the hated Red Sox. Um, you know, and that's led, led Cashman, the general manager, to actually say a couple of things where they could find themselves potentially in a position to subtract at the trade deadline instead of add. When's the last time you heard the Yankees organization talk along those lines? So, um, and that was actually before the crushing loss they had to the Angels on Wednesday night. So, you know, it's been a tough year for the Yankees right now. Uh, maybe a bright spot is uh, DJ LeMahieu's heating up at the plate, and uh, maybe he'll keep them going and get some hope in the second half of the season. We'll see what happens there. Uh, number 13, I had the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they fell a little bit from the last time you looked at the top 15, but they're 42 and 35 right now. Um, and, and their offense really is sagging lately. Um, the former Marlon Harold Ramirez, he's hit for average and power while moving around playing the outfield. Also, prospect uh, Bobby Bradley really seems intent of staying up here in the big leagues this time around. Uh, on base percentage, 889 over his uh, first three weeks up here as Terry Francona's regular first baseman. So now that Cleveland has to be placed right fielder, Josh Naylor, who uh, I don't know if you saw that that ugly leg injury earlier in the week, but now they have to be placed him. It looks like the AL race uh, in the central division there is going to come down to whether or not uh, the Indians can fill their injury worries more effectively than um, the White Sox can. So I have that team from Cleveland in the 13th spot right now. The 12th team that I have are the Cubs. They also have a record they have a 42 and 39. Um, you know, it was it was really a brutal month for the Cubbies. If you look, um, I'm sure they're happy to see June come to an end. And they really had a, a bad last couple of days of the season. Um you know, they had a combined no-hitter against the Dodgers last week. And then after that, they uh, went on to lose the next six games, including blowing a seven-run lead in Milwaukee. I believe that was on Wednesday. So now they're basically, they're injured. And they have a lot of gaps, a lot of holes to fill. And um, they probably have too many. But if you look at their starting rotation, they're averaging less than five innings Per start, so I think you might see the Cubbies starting to deal away some players here at the trade deadline. But um, I have them at number twelve so far uh, in this week's first half rankings. Eleven, I'm going to go with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you know they're they're a wild card spot contender right now. And uh, what do you say about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I mean, he's, he's a leading candidate for the AL MVP trophy, if you ask me. 
I think that you know what he's doing at the plate is really something outstanding and fun to watch if you like the way that um, he can put the ball all places in the outfield and uh, if he can stay healthy, um, having George Springer back is actually going to help take some of the pressure off of Guerrero. And I think that you know, if he can find his footing, Springer I'm talking about in the second half there, they can really um, make a little bit of a run and possibly get to a, a wild card in the American League. At number 10, I have the other New York team, the Mets. They have a record of 41-35. and 35. They had a couple guys on the IL that came back. If you look at Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil, they both returned. And I'll tell you what, their offense really is struggling. And I, I think they're either last or next to last in the major leagues in runs per game. And, um, you know, that they're, they're, very, they're very low in all the offensive uh, ratings and rankings. They're really having a tough time putting runs on the board. You know, Tampa's Pete Alonso, he's, uh, you know, not having that good of a season himself. His struggles especially playing in New York, which is, you know, unusual to see. Um, of his 12 home runs that he's a hit this year, only one of them has come uh, in New York. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I think that the second half of the season, uh, we'll see what happens with their pitching. But at this point, their hitting really needs to come full circle if they uh, expect to make a run. Number nine, I have the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, uh, record 48 and 33. They really took command of that National League Central Division in June by um, taking advantage of what I'll call the soft part of its schedule. Um, they traded for, of course, Tampa's really Adamas. Uh, and he's, you know, believe it or not, he's added an offensive spark. He's definitely been a Cadillac catalyst in and outside of the dugout, which we knew he was. I hated to see him leave. Obviously, it was a good move, I believe, for the long term of uh, our race. But uh, good to see him doing well out there in Milwaukee. And Keston Huria had a um, he hit three fifty three last week. And, you know, he really has helped turn Milwaukee into the division's team to beat, I think. And, you know, looking to the second half of the season, I think that the Brewers are going to be in good shape if um, they can avoid any injuries. They had them at number nine, like I said. The eighth team uh, I has the Oakland A's. They have a, a record of 48 and 34. Uh, they recently just dropped two out of three to San Francisco, but they're definitely in the heart of the American League uh, wild card conversation that we just had Milwaukee in. Uh, no, Mark Kanha is second among the team's position players behind um, Matt Olson. Uh, and he really he's just um, hit the injured list, actually, with a left hip strain. So with uh, Olsen not being able to play, there's definitely a hole in the team's leadoff spot. And uh, they don't have a lot of versatility, in my opinion, in the outfield. So we'll see how Oakland's able to uh, plug some of the holes in the second half of the season. So I had them at 8-7. I'm going to go with the White Sox, the other Chicago team. Uh, they, they were... They had a tough couple weeks. They were higher, I believe, the last few weeks. Records 47 and 32. Uh, 
The trade rumors with them has really been buzzing. Eduardo is no Ryan Sandberg, obviously, at the plate, but his uh, defensive metrics over the course of his career are definitely better than his overall fielding results, that's for sure. So I think that if you look with the White Sox, their problem right now is the way they're currently constructed. They need someone who is more proficient at finding his way onto the bases than he is at clearing them. So they need to produce some runs in a little bit of a different way. So I think that's why I have them at seven right now, the first part of the season. And I think that, you know, looking at the number six team right now, that brings us to our Tampa Bay Rays in my top 15 ranking this week. Uh, record going into the weekend, obviously, is 47 and 34. Um, I basically had them in this position for the last couple of weeks. I think that, you know, we have Wander Franco up now. And again, um, you know, if you haven't seen him play or uh, been able to get out there to the park or on the TV to see him, he's definitely someone who uh, there's a reason why he's the game's top prospect right now. Uh, we all know what he did in his debut by now, going two for four with a homer and a double against the Red Sox. Um, but, you know, there's going to be an adjustment, and he's going through that right now. He's struggled a little bit at the plate as he's trying to make the adjustment, uh, seeing the big league pitching. So I think that, um, you know, he's going to be fine, obviously. It does to take some time for everyone that, that comes up. Joey Wendell, who we talked about last week's show, uh, he continues to string together a strong season. Um, he's playing third most of the time. He's leading all raise uh, positions in many stats right now. So let's hope that the, um, the Rays, and we'll talk about them a little bit more, but let's hope that um, they're able to have a good first half of the season. Uh, I'm happy with where they are right now and the second, posi- second place in that division. And I think that uh, as the season goes on, we'll talk about what they have to do to move up. And for them to move up, I have the Red Sox, who are, of course, leading that division right above them in number five position. Uh, Boston swept the Yankees last weekend. And I'll tell you what, um, Garrett Cole really looked like Garrett Cole after that highlight performance. And, um, you know, the Yankees dropped two out of three to Tampa. Then they came back and they just had that good performance against uh, Boston. So I think that um, the rotation is seeing some early contributors, if you want to talk about that, with Garrett Richards. Um, Chris Sale came back now. I think that the bullpen, uh, strong performances from people uh, like Whitlock there, Taylor, um, and maybe Barnes. So, you know, Red Sox at the plate, you really can't count them out of any game or uh, anywhere along this season. So I look for them, obviously, to be right there with us going into the uh, second half of the season. And it should be a uh, fun competition to watch. They're at five. Uh, the top four, I had San Diego right now at number four with 49 wins, 33 losses. Of Tata, Dinosen LeMay has... Sh- now, he's been shut down once again because of a forearm injury issue. But uh, Ryan Weathers, I believe he's only 21, he's uh, shown that he's pretty, he's quite capable of uh, taking down a major league rotation spot earlier this season. I think he's going to be up there for a while. Drew Pomerantz, 
Um, he's one of the team's most important relievers. If you follow them at all, um, uh, he's returned after a uh, shoulder ailment. So that's a big boost for them. And I think that uh, San Diego is going to be right there at the end of the season. And, and of course, you know, out West, you've got those teams that um, are really, I believe, the top echelon of all of baseball, Padres being one of them. Uh, the third base, the third ranked team that I have are the Houston Astros right now, a team that everyone loves to hate for obvious reasons, all, uh, you know, good reasons as well. Uh, they charged back in the first place after a great June. Uh, Carlos Carrera, Jose Altuve, and Michael Brantley. Um, you know, Brantley showed again why he's one of the league's best unsung hitters. I'll tell you, the way he swings the bat, especially with people in uh, scoring position, definitely um, is a, a catalyst for that Astros team. But um, well, maybe even... The best thing that happened to the Astros in June might be the play of uh, development of Miles Straw. Straw was hitting um, three forty one uh, in June, tearing up the base paths. And I think that uh, you know when you put him alongside of Altuve and Brantley and Correa, it really makes a formidable lineup for uh, any team that they're facing. So uh, I, I have the Astros, unfortunately, as the third team in the top 15 right now brings us to the top two I have the Dodgers at number two 49 wins um, you know they got swept it was fun watching them get swept in San Diego and then they came back home and they got no hit by the Cubs um, manager Robert said that his team was in quote embarrassed so maybe that comment helped because they uh, won five games in a row after that. The last two came against the first-place Giants. So, uh, you know, they're one of the teams right now. Everyone knows what the Dodgers have. And I think that when you look at someone like Kenley Jansen uh, coming out to close those games for them, I think that it's going to be really a, um, a tough team to watch in the last uh, half of the season here. And, of course, the number one team would be the Giants, the team we just talked about. Um, first team to win 50 games, I believe. Uh, you know, if they're going to win the National League West, though, um, I, I think they may have to figure out how to beat the Dodgers and close them out in close games consistently. The Giants have lost six of nine against their rivals this season. Um, you know, five of those losses believe it or not, have been decided by three runs or less. And they, uh, they're they going to see each other another, I think, six or seven more times from looking at the schedule right here before the end of July. So they're the teams that I think, and I don't think that you can dispute um, the top 15 here, maybe a couple teams here and there, a place up or down. But I think for the most part, if you look at what, uh, the teams have done going into the All-Star. We can talk about the pitchers with the Raws in, with the substances, the umpires going out there and, um, you know, seeing what's, you know, if they have anything on their gloves, anything on their hats. You know, I mean, it's really, I think, to a point where them doing that in the middle of the season uh, should never have happened. Nonetheless, it did. We have to deal with it as it does. So, 
you know, we'll see what happens the second half of the year. Like I said, with the Rays right now, we'll be playing the Blue Jays this weekend. And I think that um, the Rays really need to just figure out how to uh, keep improving. It's not at this point if you win a game or lose a game for them. I want them to be able to get better. And if they lose a game, figure out why they lost the game, juggle the lineup a little bit more. Um you know, and get ready for the next game. Uh, you know, you have some people that, that the bats are, um, you know, coming alive. I'm very impressed with what Zanino has done this year with his 18 home runs. Um, I, I love the fact that, you know, Meadows, um, Meadows, Lau, they both have, I think, 15, 16 home runs. Azarina tends to go in spurts, but I think that if you look at the whole picture right now, if they can stay healthy, I'm confident that we can still um, give the Red Sox anyone else who wants to uh, play us a run for their money the second half of the season. Love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. You can email the show, sportsatpower901.com. We'll be right back to continue the Jimmy P Sports Show on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at The Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Glad to have you here on a Saturday talking about all the sports going on. I want to touch on the Olympics for a second. Um, you know, they're three weeks away right now from the Tokyo Olympics, and now the Olympic Committee out there is saying that they may reverse their opinion and not um, have fans. The, the, the ruling that came down a couple weeks ago was that they'd be allowed to have a limited number of fans. So up to 50% of the venue could be full with a limit of up to 10,000 people at any one time. So, you know, not the best case scenario, obviously, but now they're saying that they're really contemplating not having uh, any fans at all being there. So that would be a total reversal of, of what they talked about a few weeks ago. They got fifteen over 15,000 you know, athletes and uh, whether it's the Paralympics coming out there. Um, they're afraid that it could turn into a super spreader event because of the rise of some new infections with the so-called new variant, the Delta variant, or whatever it's called. So you have the International Olympic Committee, um, the top advisors, and everyone saying that they're going to monitor the situation and see what happens. So, you know, one of the... In my opinion, when you watch the Olympics, the opening ceremonies, the closing ceremonies, really something to see. 
all the pomp and circumstance and what goes into it, the, the years of practice of the people. I'm not talking about the athletes. I'm talking about the performers that do the opening and closing ceremonies. Um, it's just always fun to watch. So without fans there, it won't be the same. Talking about the athletes that are there, um, you know, it, 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 I guess it's their decision whether or not they want to be put themselves into a situation. Uh, only they know if they have any underlying health concerns or risks. Uh, everyone's a different situation, obviously, but they don't want to cancel the Olympics because typically, um, you know, they're getting three to four billion dollars just in broadcast income. Um, all in all, it's about the cost of the Olympics is $15 billion to put it on. Um, so obviously they don't want to cancel, but even the running of the torch, if you, they've banned that from going on certain streets in Tokyo um, where there's people with, for the risk of, you know, adding more infections. So uh, my take on that whole thing is that if you are unable to let fans in to watch the Olympics, then I wouldn't have them. I would postpone them and you know try again next time when everyone is a little bit more at ease with what's going on if we ever get to that point because um, all these measures and everything else just takes away from the game, in my opinion. Um, and that's on the Olympics. Now you have situations where you have Sakari Richardson, uh, the United States uh, sprinter, who was, um, she won the 100 meters number one qualifier for the United States. Um, you know, she uh, tested positive for uh, marijuana, which she's going to miss the, um, uh, that event in the Olympics due to a one month suspension after the positive marijuana test. Now she may be able to be in the uh, later event, the second week, the, um, I think it's the, the four by four, but she's out of that event. Now she lives in Oregon. She said that, you know, the death of her, um, mother, I believe it was put her in a, um, depressed state and, uh, it was a coping mechanism, if you will. And she's not denying it, but you know, that's what happened. So, uh, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Actually, you know, you want to call in eight, seven, seven, four, four, eight, seven, nine, zero, one. Uh, the rules are the rules. Number one. So she knew there was a rule. She knew that she was going to do what she was going to do anyway. But the question is, is it a stupid rule? Look at Michael Phelps. All the times that he would uh, go out, smoke some weed when he was competing in the Olympics, and they actually let him, they let him continue. They let him uh, go out there and compete. So uh, I think it's a rule that they should probably look at um, doing away with or minimizing at certain times. And this is one of those times. You look at people uh, on the stand in the trials for the Olympics. You look at people that. Are now we have a situation with some track and field athletes in our country that were actually on the stand playing the national anthem, and one of them um, turned away from the flag. Uh, the first and second place winners were there with their hand on their heart, um, 
you know, showing respect to the flag, to their country that they're representing. And you had another person that was there and they didn't do any of that. As a matter of fact, they uh, said that they would not do it, whether it's here, whether it's in Tokyo, or no matter where it's be. And I'm not even going to say any names or the situations or anything, because it doesn't matter who it is or, um, you know, what what they stand for or what they don't stand for or what they think they want to be able to go out there and um, convey, what message they want to convey. The message is, is that if you are going to be a United States Olympian, then you should be able to go out there and be proud of the country that you are competing for. And if you can't be proud of the country that you're competing for, for whatever reason, then you should gracefully bow out of that competition and let someone who does have the desire to go out there and compete as well as represent our country in a, a way that it should be represented, go out there and take your place. So, and again, that's here in this country, the trials. If that person's able to go over there to Tokyo, we'll see what happens on the stage over there because I can tell you that um, there are some other countries that uh, run things a little bit differently and there are some customs and traditions that are frowned upon on some of these other countries. So um, if our Olympic Committee lets her go over and compete, which I hope they don't, to tell you the truth, but if they do, then I would think that she better uh, rethink her uh, celebrations or her actions of what she might do if she does get a chance to go to the podium again. So, you know, you have all those things, all those sidebars, if you will, with the Olympics. And I think that if you get a chance to look up what the Olympics really are all about, um, when they first started, uh, look at what look at what it stands for. It's supposed to be a peaceful event with unity, nations coming together, and that's what I hope we're able to um, get to at this point right now. I'm not sure if we talked about. Of course, are there going to be any fans there? Are there going to be any you know issues with? Um, the COVID, with the protocols, all that stuff. So that's the, that's where we are in this day and age right now. It's unfortunate, and I hope that uh, if they can have some type of um, closing closure to being able to get all those things done the right way and have the fans there, then just postpone it another another year, or another two years, whatever they have to do. So um, lots of other things to talk about. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. Um, I'd like you to email me any of your questions, what you want to talk about next time on the show. Email to um, sports at power901.com. And next week, I'm going to read a couple emails. Hopefully, I can get yours on. Uh, as always, great having you on the show. My name is Jim Barron. I love being the host and talking uh, sports, Tampa Bay especially. Um, there's a reason why down here we're in uh, Title Town right now. This is Champa Bay, so keep on rooting for the lightning to raise. Bucks soon to come. So have a great weekend. Enjoy your families. Hopefully the storm passes, goes out to sea, doesn't affect anyone. Uh, as always, stay safe, stay vigilant, and above all, stay positive. We'll catch you next time on the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1.